With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Welcome to the Big Outdoors. 700 WLW Cincinnati. Chip Hart, Rick comes, and our guest, he, he piped right in there. I, Tony, I didn't even Tony. get any word out. I didn't get anything out. He's quick on the draw. He is quick on the draw, yeah. you know? And uh, Tony Petrie, right? Yes. That, that's who you are today. Mulberry pheasantry. I know Rick's hunted at your place a number of times, and um, I've been threatening to go, and we, we just haven't worked it out together. But, we'll make it happen. Okay. I think I, I was busy doing something we, the last we, time. We planned it and had to cancel it. Yeah, it's we'll, got to we'll be cold that. for me. Okay, I get it. Okay. I understand. It's so cold now. <laughs> finally, finally. So you yep. you guys are you're hunting and, and going crazy, right? Yeah, we had quite a few hunters today. So, um, how how do the feet? You, you have a lot of property with a lot of field, a lot of cover, and is specific. Yeah, we have we can accommodate ten different parties at one time and do it again after lunch. And we could probably show you four or five states just by the different rolling parts of our ground and the different way it is. And um, our goal here is, is after you're hunting in my field about 10, 15 minutes, you forget you're on a hunting preserve. I want you to feel just like it's a real wild bird hunt. The last thing anybody wants to do is hunt on a hunting preserve. So we do our best to make it feel that way. Well, it, it is very natural habitat because you've got corn stubble to hunt. You've got a millet field. You got you got your hay field. You got cattails and ponds. You've you've got all the habitat that you might encounter in this area. You, and it, and he makes hunting. a good point in that when you go to a preserve, and most are not uh, as natural maybe as they can be right. to give you a field that you're just out in the wild somewhere. I think that's that's important. Um, I, that's part of the whole experience. Absolutely. So. Um, and, but you know, we don't have the bird hunting that we did 30 years ago, the wild birds, the right. wild birds. Exactly. So this is the best, this is a, the best option period. At yeah, least, you I know, if you want to stay close to Cincinnati or stay close to home is a preserve. Yeah. I like for this to feel like just a visit down on the farm. Yep. So what, what's the best way to get a hold of you? What's your website also before we. And what? Uh, what how? What are you? How close are you to like uh, Dayton, Middletown? Uh, I'm close to about halfway between Dayton, Ohio, and Indiana state line, and about uh, ten miles or so south of Interstate seventy. That makes pretty good reference points that way. Well, I know yeah, Rick. I know Rick knows how to get there. So that it, it's and, near um, Gratis, right? It's near the little town of Gratis. And most of us in the Cincinnati area would probably go up through Middletown. I'm, uh, that, yeah. That's the way I've gone. Yeah. I'm assuming yeah. that's right, Tony. For so, well, those who know the uh, hunt restaurant wildlife area, that's only about five or six miles from me. Gotcha. Okay. It's kind of to southwest of me. Well, the main thing I wanted to ask you is as a uh, propagator or as one as a person that, that raises uh, uh, quail and pheasant and Chucker, I believe. 
why are we why are we not able to reestablish our uh, our quail populations across uh, southern Ohio, southern Indiana, uh, into the uh, to the point like before the winter of seventy seven? Why think, why have we not been able to re- reestablish uh, game birds? You think back during those times when you were hunting back then, and the cornfields, for example. They still had foxtail in and other weeds because weed spray was just coming onto the scene about five or six years before. And a lot of farmers are still making mistakes with it, and it didn't work very good. And so they still had grass and weeds in the cornfields. And now the cornfields, you can find the mouse put across the field just by looking across the field. They're so clean. Yeah. And uh, the Combines and modern combines have a lawnmower on the bottom of them, so it cuts the corn stalks off instead of leaving a big tall corn stalk laying just bent over. And they got to come back in and make another trip to cut them off with a big mower. And that don't leave any cover. So essentially, the habitat's just not there the way it used to be. No, it isn't. Yeah. Well, listen, we appreciate your time this morning, Tony. And that website again is. Mulberry Pleasantry. And uh, also, the youth hunt we have coming up for kids is turned from the 11th of November. Oh, fantastic. All right. We close our business just two two days. Okay. I'll go find that and get it on our Facebook page. That's on the website, mulberryfezzantry.com. Gotcha. Outstanding. Tony, thanks for joining us this morning. Okay, thank you. And I will see you uh, out there hunting real soon. Okay. Don't go away. we got to get to a quick break. Back with more of the Big Outdoors 700 WLW in Cincinnati right after this. Hey, we're back. The Big Outdoors 700 WLW Cincinnati. Home of the best Bengals coverage. And, uh, Rick, uh, here's a here's a uh, uh, fellow I know you haven't seen for quite some time. I talked to him a couple of months ago, and that'd be uh, Mike Moore, the editor of the great Ohio Outdoor News, and which I just find to be... Something that uh, I'll go sit in a can with and read, it's, if you know what I mean. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. for one thing, it's timely. It means that much. Unlike uh, it is, know, the, 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 I know. You know, monthly publications you usually get that are well, the are ones that were generic. written last year. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, to be current, the articles written last year. You know well, that. Well, no, I do know because I used to have to write that stuff. <laughs> it's like every year, you know, the same story every doggone year. It got, yeah, got a little yeah. boring actually. I know. It did. I know. <laughs> this one isn't. So, Mike. Yeah, hello. Today is the 27th. Uh, your magazine came out yesterday or, or the right. day before. Right, right. And uh, I know a lot of a lot of people haven't read it yet. Okay. That's right. So, um, what kind of uh, what what kind of dirt you got this week? Well, we're I talking mean, about the, yeah, we're talking about the archery deer deer kill, which was was real way down, Chip uh, and Rick, uh, early yeah. in the season. Oh yeah, it was like forty percent off. I don't. Yeah, it was like forty percent off. But uh, archers have made up for it. As of October seventeenth, about a week ago, the kill stood at thirteen thousand, just over thirteen thousand, which was only a, a, a couple percentage points lower than last year. So it was probably weather related, right? I would think so, yeah. uh, Rick. It, yeah. it probably, uh, you know, uh, a lot of guys don't go out until after it gets cool, and, and sure. we just got the cool weather. So, yep. well, look at um, it, it. It was downright hot. 
Yeah, it was. The beginning okay. of the season, September 29th on the opener, it was hot. Yeah. I just, and, and up until maybe two weeks ago, it was 90 degrees. Who wants to hunt in that stuff? Right, yeah. I talked to Mike Tonkovich, the, the, the deer project leader with the Division of Wildlife, and he said, you have to trade in your camo pants for camo shorts. Sure <laughs> Only about half joking, really, because that's about true. Well, a lot of guys that have real hairy legs, that's like no, camo, I, too. I know. I, I, I actually went on a hunt a few years ago here in southern Ohio, two of us. And, yeah, in we shorts? Were, we wore shorts and T-shirts because, it, you know, it was hot. And I'll say this. The deer were moving that day. To our, no surpri- to our surprise, we did see deer that day. but. Yeah, we sat that in a tree stand wearing shorts and T-shirts because it was absolutely too hot to do anything else. I, yeah. Okay. I'm, so we're basically by now. By now, we're up to we're kind of up to speed. So yeah. So and yeah, I, yeah, we're at thirteen thousand is, is a, just like I said, a couple percentage points off of where we were last year. And last year was a pretty good year. Sure. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a record breaker by any means, but uh, I think the Division of Wildlife was happy with what we had. I don't think they want record breakers anymore, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, what's the point? Yeah, they curtailed the uh, the kill the antlerless deer, you know, on public land this right. year. You can only take one antlerless deer. Yeah. So. Well, and, you know, we're likely to see uh, some fairly immediate results from that in the following year. I would think so, yeah. yeah. You'll see it pretty quickly. What Mike Tonkovich said, he said uh, they think it'll save about 20% of the antlerless harvest over what last year was. So well, That's significant. That should make a it difference. It is. 20% is quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, the gardeners and the farmers won't be happy, but uh, we'll make them happy. Somehow. Yeah. We'll help Somehow. them out. Yeah. What else? Do you got anything out of the state right coming at us? And it, I mean, out of DNR. Oh, out of DNR. Well, I, I've got a pretty good pheasant story uh Chip, okay. Uh, did you know that pheasants have been raised in Ohio since 1919? Um, I didn't know it went back. I didn't that know far. it went that far, but there there been some preserves that were around for a hell of a long time. Yeah, uh, the Ohio Fish and Game Commission back in 1919 opened the first game farm operation in Northeast Ohio at Wellington Wildlife Area. Are we doing it today? I, because yep. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. In 1930, the Urbana Game Farm was opened, and that's still they still produce pheasants at the Urbana Game Farm. Okay, and so, those I presume are for the put and take kind of hunts. Exactly, every Rick. Farm. That, yeah. That's what that is. Yeah, they you know they put them in they put yeah. them in on uh, opening day prior to Veterans Day and Thanksgiving yeah. and uh, yeah. 14, and some of the wildlife areas that are conducive for that. Yeah. 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 Fourteen thousand birds. Hey, guys, we got to get to a quick break. Stay with us. More of the Big Outdoors on 700 WLW coming up in just a minute. Hey, we're back. The Big Outdoors, 700 WLW Cincinnati, home of the best Bengals coverage. And, of course, coming up at the bottom of the hour after the news is our good friend uh, Gary Jeff Walker, then Michael K. Allen. And, uh, when, well, basically we're off to our day, uh, whatever that might be hold for us i'm not sure yet quite hunting. frankly I, i'm still like thinking fishing and hunting i just like a cold well, stream either. at this time of year That's for the smallmouth, you know Absolutely. that kind of thing mike moore is with us the editor of ohio outdoor news and uh your website is, uh website is outdoornews.com and then slash ohio, ohio right there okay you go, Chip. yep now, do you guys try to keep that current with what exactly what's in the magazine, or do you uh, not? No, no, because it's you not. You've got to sell page, a magazine. It's not a paid site. We're selling a magazine, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, we do have blogs uh, that are unique to the website. 
Yep. Uh, so I write one. Jane Bedford write one, writes one, and Steve Pollack writes one. Oh, is is, is uh, Pollock doing a blog? You got yep. him to do that? Yeah, he does a blog every couple weeks. He he puts one up. Uh, okay. We're, we're really current on those uh, all across the board. So. All right. Well, uh, let's see. What else you got coming? I know. Well, how what... about the How about the multi-year license packages? Did you Did you know? Yeah, we uh, Yeah, we we're up to we're up to date on that. Um, okay. You didn't do a story on Dan Armitage and his pronghorn hunt, did you? We sure did. Ah! Yep, yep. Dan, ah. Dan wrote his own story about a. He did a DIY Wyoming antelope and it was uh, yeah, I give him a lot of credit for it because he did it on his own, no guides or anything. I like that though. I like I that do too. Yeah, sure. yeah. I think if there is an animal that you can do it yourself, have a do-it-yourself hunt with. Uh, it, it's got to be Frout West. Pronghorn Absolutely. is going to be the the I think the best way to go first Absolutely. off. Absolutely, yeah. especially yeah, probably Wyoming. So it, it was. A, it's an awesome story. I, and, and quite frankly, I probably wouldn't have published it if he'd used a guide. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, because we don't really promote you know yeah. fishing guides or hunting guides and things like that. But he did this on his own, and I and I give him a lot of credit for it. Yeah. Well, no, I do too. Because I mean, who would have thought? For anybody that knows Dan Armitage, you would have thought, well, let's see, he's got a limo going up to the, you know, to the to the stand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. As an outdoor writer myself, I always found that enviable, Chip. I, I, Did you? Yeah, I think I, I have to admire that ability of his. To, yeah, he's to got an ability. This, yeah. So, well, that's good. Yeah, it really was. It's really neat. I, I was happy to have it. The, the gal who does our layout does a, did a bang-up job on it. looks great. I think I'd like I'd like to see more do-it-yourself hunts in uh, places that people might not think to be accessible. I think that that would be uh, uh, I think that'd be good for for those of us out there that that look to do more of that kind of thing. Well, let me ask you, Rick. Do you think you could do a DIY elk hunt? Uh, yes, you do. Yeah, absolutely. In, in the same place Dan went, Wyoming. Wyoming, okay. <laughs> okay. Wyoming on the on the on the border there with Idaho. Star Valley, that whole area south of Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A guy could go in there and pitch a tent and go up, especially if he's got a few days to scout before the season well, starts. Well, it's going to be right. all Absolutely based on the ability to get a tag, too. But, you know, they're not over well, you, there. Yeah, right. you right. got to draw a tag. Yeah, you got to yeah. you got to wait until you get it. You know, you get drawn. Get some yeah, preference points. Yeah, Colorado might be the place, too, yeah. since it's over the counter. They got the numbers. So, yeah. okay, okay. It's a, that's on your to-do list. Yeah, that was a it was a casting blast for uh, for Dan. He he fished yeah. for trout too with a fly rod. And I thought that was just awesome, you know. Man, I'm I'm amazed. I'm pumped. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. So yeah. let me. Uh, this is off the cuff. Rod. Off the cuff. We only got a minute and a half left. But what uh, what do you expect to see with an administration change and our ODNR? If you yeah. could uh, look in your little. My crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I expect to see changes. Um, probably a new DNR director, probably a new division of wildlife chief. Sure. Um, and I don't know beyond that, but uh, from what I'm hearing through the grapevine, a lot of those positions will be uh, turned over. Well, and you have Gary Obermeyer with DNR who's retiring. Right. Okay. I I I look to see a lot of positions to become open. Um, and personally, I'd like to see them be filled with people uh, that have 
that natural resources uh, experience. Absolutely, absolutely. We've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. Okay, OhioOutdoorNews.com. And, of course, you guys are not on newsstands right now, so it's all basically uh, go to your website, right? Right, go to the website. That's the easiest. We are on newsstands, but the website's easiest. Okay. Outstanding. Good talking to you, Mike. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Chip. All right. Take care, man. Okay. we got to do one more break, Chip. I'm ready. Here we go. Stick around. We'll be back with a little more of the big outdoors on 700 WLW in Cincinnati. Rick. Rick. Chip. We're here. The big outdoors, 700 WLW Cincinnati. Um, what do we got here? Why does mad cow disease always show up in uh, in in Scotland? I don't okay? know. I don't know. I, I don't. It's... And this is according to Mr. Frisch, Jeff Frischkorn, who's got a blog and does a pretty good job with it. Yes, he does. Okay. Um, but it's cropped up in Scotland. So I just don't get it. Well, it what? cropped up in Canada a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. And then it, there can conceivably be impact on wild animal populations, I guess. But yes. uh, so just, you know, just. You're just wondering. Kind of, Google just, it. I'm just wondering. Just Google it. I will. Then you have a two-headed copperhead snake on display at uh, the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife's Salato Center, which is their big wildlife center in Frankfurt. Oh, well, I'm driving down to Frankfurt to see that yeah, for sure, too. it is. It's yeah. on the Big Outdoors Facebook page, okay. too. But, yeah, um, <laughs> snakes apparently, as I understand, it, it is, has, is the most prevalent right. species for, a, for two having heads. two heads yeah. and neither having of the same mind. I wonder how okay. they uh, decide which way to go or what to eat. Exactly. When it gets to the gets when to it eat. gets to the common throat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Does one head let the other pass or not? Do they take turns or is like I one guess. dominant? How do they know when the other one's hungry? Yeah, I don't know. You, we got to go. I know we do. All right, Gary Jeff is next. The Big Outdoors 700 WLW Cincinnati be safe in the woods and safe on the water. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.